hello there, and welcome to Babylon with the boys. I'm Carstervain, and I I just ate a blizzard in Dairy Queen. Although I'm freezing, it's like five degrees here, but it feels like minus two, and that's that's Celsius for for those people who, who the Fahrenheiters. My God, we're so we're so Canadian. So Canadian. Well, I feel like that's isn't that the rest of the world too? They go by Celsius. Well, other than the states. Yeah, but like the rest of the world. Yeah. Except for yeah. the states. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, and my name is Spence the Chef, Spicy Flem, Spencer Fleming. Um, I was underdressed for going outside today. I went out there got really cold and quit what I was originally supposed to do because it was too cold. And I came back inside and I'm all the better for it. Nice. So yeah. Nice man. Um All right. Should we get into today's episode? We frigging better. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be cool. This is gonna be a good one. The spicy So today is a very special episode. Today we're talking, we're doing a top five because it's, he's, we got a flow going on. You, if you can, if you've looked at our episodes. Um, we do. Oh, yes. So today we're doing top five non-English language films. Films not in the language of English. Yes, the language that we are speaking right now, if you couldn't yeah. tell. So we'd, unless... Spencer's like secretly fluent in other languages. We'd have to watch this subbed or, God forbid, dubbed. <gasps> oh, Leopold, Leopold, Leopold. Yeah, everyone's just shocked that you dropped that. But you know, before we get into our top five, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I'm cold. I, yeah. I voted because we're in BC and there's an election going on. It's yeah. not the It's not the American election, which... Is the one that everybody has their eyes on. If you look very closely, BC is having an election, so I voted for that. Voted in that. Um, British Columbia. So yeah, um, just had a blizzard. I don't know why I did that to myself. Like it's so cold, I'm my my nose is running, and I'm like eating a blizzard at the same time. Like it's so. I'm so counterproductive in my attempt to get warm. Like, I'm just sabotaging myself. I think you're trying to get acclimated. You're, like, forcing yourself mm-hmm. to get accustomed to what the next nine months of our lives are, are going to be. Nine months? It's always, like, think about it. It's always, like, between five and minus eight degrees Celsius from, like, the middle of October to, like beginning of may and then and then that's all you have i feel like the the winters come early this year it opinion. has it's like okay it was totally cool like, it was fine pardon the pun it was fine for like the majority of october and then literally like, like three days ago i just went outside and i was like oh this is what this is how we're doing this now like mm-hmm. like it's just somebody flicked a switch up there in the in the heavens and gave us like these massive winds. My my power's gone out like twice in the last week. 
Uh, yeah, I've I've had a couple flickers. Yeah. Um. Wait. Oh my God. What are we doing? Are we on our own podcast as two people who don't hate each other doing weather talk right now? <laughs> are we actually doing the how's the weather thing? No. I guess no. so. We know each other too well for that. We are not allowed to discuss this. Anymore. <laughs> Let's get into the serious it, topics. Yeah. Also, I, I apologize if you're like watching the video. My my skin seems like extra smooth. I don't know what's happening today. I just looked in the camera mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, "Why does it look like I'm not really here?" I don't. He looks like a model. Oh. Um, I'm a model. You know. Is that the model lips? The model lips. Oh. <laughs> Pringle lips. Um, okay, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> enough of that. Should we get? In, should we get into the to the meat of the show? We should explain first. Yes, how you... it works. Um, if you if you're new to our top fives, yeah, here's how. Here's the skinny. Here's how it works. So essentially, apparently, by the way, someone told me I said essentially a lot. <laughs> I was like, wow. I do. But yeah, anyways, essentially, uh, there's we both have a top five list, and we go back and forth working our way down to number one. Carson's going to give his number five. I'll give my number five. Um, if his number five pick, or number four pick, or any pick for that matter, isn't on my list, I'll say, that's a zoink for me. That's not on my list, because you're trash. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, that's- if it... If, his, like, number five pick is my number two pick. Then I'll say, oh, that's a check. And when we get to number two, then we'll talk about that movie. And bada-bing, bada-boom. That's how we do it over here. So That's how we do it. Um, Who wants – who do you want – who should go first? Should – Okay, pick – pick heads or tails? Tails. Okay. And if you get this right, then you go first. And I go first. Ted's. All right, so you go first. Also, I just flipped a coupon, and <laughs> I saw that. I was like, "That doesn't. That didn't sound like a coin." No, that was a coupon. Yeah. All right. Well, you you get what you get. Um, the queen is coming to Downton. The queen is coming to Downton. Oh. Um. Wow. Okay. Before I begin my number five pick, I would like to preface that this list has shown me that I haven't seen as many films as I thought, and all my films are going to be pretty surface level on what you expect. <laughs> Same to an extent. Same to an, to an extent. Yeah, I'm uncultured and disgusting. Mm-hmm. Anyways, no. <laughs> so... You know, I I had to I had to really think about this one for for a long minute because I wasn't sure. You know, if 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 it is in my number five, because I was like, I don't know if I should do. But then I thought about it. I was like, no, no, I really like this movie, and it's the raid. Uh the first one. The first one, yeah. That's a that's a that's a check. That's a check. Okay. Oh. That's a check. okay. Yeah. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that one right now. Then. Not going to talk about that one right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull on my notes page, just in case I have to reference directors and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was that was easy. 
Um, yeah. What's yours, my guy? My number five is Amelie. Like, that- I, I had this last spot. It's number five spot. And there was so much that I could put in here. I could put... Um, but every film that I thought of putting in was like, these films are so depressing. And I kept coming back to Amelie, which mm. is the most uplifting film you can watch. It is like, you just sit down with like a nice cup of, cup of hot cocoa on like an autumn night. Cause like the, I feel like it's the perfect time to watch it as well. I might go, I might go back and watch this cause I've watched it a couple times, but I haven't watched it in a while. Sit down, just enjoy this. Amelie, played by um, Audrey Tautun. Tautun. I don't know. Tautun! I'm sorry. I cannot the Queen is coming to Tautun. Okay, then. <laughs> um, directed by um, Jean Pierre Jouet. Jeanette? Oh, yeah. I apologize to the French people. Okay, but wait, before you continue, I should mention that this is a Zoink and I've never seen this movie. You've never seen this movie? I told you, I'm disgusting and I haven't seen it. Okay. It came out in 2006. Um, Good year. And it's just literally the main character, Amelie, choosing to like make everybody's life wonderful. Oh. And you're just like, you just like gush with like enthusiasm and everything for like all these people's lives to work out um and the way they should and it's not like it's not um and you might think like oh it's gonna be like so cheesy or something but no like it <sighs> there's just some magic to it there's wow. magic in this movie i'm telling you right now in this movie um it does have like this magic realism to it has this beautiful beautiful color palette um and yeah it's just one of the most uplifting films you can watch so in a time in 2020 the movie that you need to watch is amelie because it it'll just lift your spirits to the to the heavens will it lift me higher than et does after i'm so drunk like, you know, after I had, like, a good solid eight cans of root beer and I'm crying into my hands and then E.T. comes on and all of a sudden it's just the perfect mix. Is it, like, is it more uplifting than, than that scenario? Well, I've never had that scenario, but I'm guessing it's definitely, like, if you're watching E.T. and you're watching this, like, this is more uplifting than E.T. Like, well, E.T. isn't even that uplifting. It's just, like, he's... The freaking end. Where the literally this line gives me goosies. When he's all like, "Come," and Elliot's like, "Stay," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, there they go." Uh. No, he like the kids like bawling his eyes out, and you're just like, it's more sad than uplifting. Yeah, but I mean, a family came together. I guess so. Um. Andre Tantou should, like, I'm surprised this is the only thing that I've really seen her in. There might have been other things that I forget, but, like, she should have a bigger career. Mm. Maybe I need to go, like, 
explore her catalog of films. Um, she looks cute. This is the only Jean Pierre um, Jean Pierre Jouet, Jeunette film I've seen, and I've heard there's other quite good ones. Um, Are all is uplifting. I I haven't heard all all is uplifting, but I've heard all with a unique visual and um, visual and cinematic style to it. Mm, tasteful. So that's my number five. That's your number five. Represent, representing France in the Babylon with the Boys top five is Amelie. Mm, I'm glad that none of us try to do terrible French accents. Oh! <laughs> yeah, okay, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna try to do one, and if it looks like it's going down a bad path, just hit stop recording for me. Okay, I'll just hit stop. And then it's just, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's not gonna be good, I'm warning you. So just oh. keep your number you keep your finger on the dial you know what i'm uh, saying i'm keeping it i'm keeping it on here okay oh, oh, oh I didn't do, okay <laughs> please stop it please, okay. please hit. but um my number four pick is life is beautiful that's a check <laughs> why are you doing this to me could you please i haven't got to say anything Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Spencer. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry What's that had to happen. Before? We'll just have a long chat about those when it comes up, and I'll let you do like a whole piece. Yes, Dad. I'll make sure to. <laughs> okay. Wait. What? This happened. Okay. Okay. Do not okay. refer to me as your father, please. How about Daddy? Hey. No. So number four. Let's uh. <laughs> I'm going I'm going down that side. You should just I should have like a shock caller for every time I start going down the forbidden roads again. You know? You should. You should have shock. Yeah. I should have the remote. Um all right. Okay. I forgot what we were doing. Number four. Number four. Number four is another one that it actually came out the same year as Amelie. And it's um Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I forgot that this was a foreign language film. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> did you hear oh, that like, crack? I don't know if my thing picked that up. Did you hear the crack? I did hear something. What was that? Was Dude, that... that was my knee. <laughs> okay, side note. My knees have been cracking like... I'm Same. 97. Same. Like, it's actually like, they sound like gunshots now. Like, it's not good. D- does this happen to people just like when they turn 20 or I guess 19? Uh, you know what? COVID-19 has put like a solid 30 years on me. I know my skin doesn't look it, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly lying. Right but COVID-19 has put like a solid 20 to 30 years on my life. Like, anytime I just friggin' sit up in bed, snap, crackle, pop, I'm like, oh, ah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Um, You're number four. Yeah. Okay. Pan's Labyrinth, directed by Guillermo del Toro, um, yes. is like a Spain Mexico movie. I'm not really sure. I'm not think- sure where Guillermo is actually from. I know that's um, the movie's based in Spain. And it's like, it's during the Spanish 
Spanish Revolution slash war that was going on there, like the um Yeah, but that's really that's really just a backdrop for um this for our main character who's like a I think she's like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere around that like area. Um Ophelia is the daughter of um her sick pregnant mother and her now stepfather El Capitan. Yes. Country Spain, Mexico. Language language Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Um so there you go. Do you know where Guillermo's from? Can you look that up while you're on there? Sure. I mean, you know what? I didn't know that I was the friggin' PA, but uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Oh my god, please? Um, anyway, her stepfather, El Capitan. Oh my gosh. This captain guy. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's from Mexico. He's from Mexico. Okay, that's what I thought. So, yeah, it's Guillermo's from Mexico. And I think, like, a lot of the, um, and probably a lot of his crew is from Mexico. So, it's, like, Mexico, Span- um, Spain, just like between those two countries. Um, he's cooking. Can you agree with me that El Capitan is probably the most, like, there's people that you hate. And then there's people that you, like, fear. Like, there's... I think he's, like, the perfect mixture of the two. Um... I would say... He's, like... He, like... He's he's one of those villains... I, would, I, don't, I don't know if you say villain. It's more like a... You don't say villain? Okay. No, I was gonna say it's more like a, um... A night terror fuel person who also happens to be the antagonist. <laughs> um, yeah, anytime he's like in a scene, it's just it's just kind of like you feel gutturally uncomfortable. <laughs> you, you but feel... you also don't want him to not be in a scene. Like you're enjoying it. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's really well done. He has like the you have this pure hatred for him, like you would for like the warden from Shawshank Redemption. I agree. Like, you have that, that, like, this is a slimy, awful person, but he, like, bashes people's faces, so you're, like, terrified of him. Yeah. Also, he just kind of looks like a dick. Yeah. He's just, like... Like, if you just saw him on the street and, like, took away the uniform and... Remember those, like, little, little glasses? Mm-hmm. You know the little, the little, yeah. He took all that away, and I just like saw him in like Superstore. I'd be like, that guy looks like he needs to be punched in the head, just like once. You know, definitely he needs to be punched in the head, or just like, yeah, he's an awful, awful person. You, you just feel this pure hatred for him, and the movie in itself is this beautiful mixture of like Ophelia going on like this fairy tale adventure um and this her mother going through this sickness and um 
Well, actually, that's why she's going on the adventure is to save her mother from the sickness. And then the backdrop of this like Spanish revolution, this war going on. It's amazing. It's like so dark, but yet it has this fairy tale kind of has a little bit of an uplifting spirit to it still. Yeah, it doesn't feel like unnecessarily dour or anything. No, no, no. Definitely. It feels like necessarily dark and and it can it can be lighter if it needs to be. You know? Like it it's not one of those things where it's like shock value, just like for all the film. It's just like a bunch of like dark shocking imagery. It's like no, it's like, hey, you know what? This is a character. Yeah. And guess what? People don't feel the same way all the time. So why not have like a little more balance to the script and to the to the feel of the movie? It, I'll tell you one thing. It never really. Whenever you think of this movie, you don't think of the daylight. Like it is no. very <laughs> like very dark color palette. I have to say that. Yes. Um, and it also rides the line of being a horror movie. Like you can make the like the pale man. Yeah. The pale man when like he's putting this guy puts eyeballs in his hands and it's like oh that's that's what he's saying you can't see if you're just listening to the podcast but i put like my palms where my eyes are yeah. <laughs> scary it's scary man it terrifies you horrible um, i feel like this is the perfect like transition movie from a um being like 11 12 13 to like going into actual horror, like going into horror movies, going into the darker material for your movies. This is a perfect bridge of this grim fairy tale, this um, war, this small character piece, but yet on the grand scope of this um, Spanish war. Yeah. Great film. Great. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. A chef's kiss. But let's get to another film that I'm going to check when you when you start talking. As soon as you, it's going to cut you off. Not, if you do that, I, I don't think it will. You better not do this to me. Hopefully, Spencer will get to speak his piece on his films. But let's go. Would let's get going. Nice? Okay. And you know, enough about me. Let's get to yours. Well, mine is check from earlier. It's life is beautiful. Ah, it's here. He's here, ladies and gentlemen. The future is here. He sees all. Okay, let's uh Bonjour Principessa. <laughs> yeah, this this, this movie, movie, man. This movie's fantastic. It <laughs> makes me cry. It makes me laugh so much. It makes me cry so much as well. Like it's it's a perfect combo of comedy to just straight up tears for hours. Grief. Straight up grief. <laughs> Literal grief. Yeah. It's all right. Number three. Number three. Are you ready? Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. I'm always ready. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Oh, that's a that's a zoink. Oh, thank God. My time. Okay, this is my time to speak. 
I've seen it, but <clears throat> not on my list. Okay. Now I really get to delve in. So this this came out. Was it two thousand or two thousand one? Yeah, I think two. I think two thousand. Directed by two. <laughs> directed by what? <laughs> Why is that Y two K? Y two K. Directed by Ang Lee, my guy. And uh, yeah, no, I I actually rewatched this movie like a couple months back, and I still really love it. Like I just love. The story is like pretty cool. I you know it's 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 a pretty classic, um kind of action movie story. Like, it's, it's, the story itself isn't that crazy, but what is crazy is the visuals in this movie. Like, holy crap! Yeah, the the they do so much with like every other movie would just do like a chase scene, right? The first chase scene in this movie is like a freaking ballet. Like, it's insane. There's people like running on walls and like literally soaring across roofs like freaking hawks like the the rules of physics and gravity don't apply to these people and it makes it all the all the more fun you know yeah the, the wire work is incredible the fight scenes are crazy um the the, the freaking bamboo scene she's like you know the- fighting in the trees and it's like their words are just as much of like part of the fight as their actual like sword moves, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. and yeah, I just, I just, I just really love this movie. Um, and then another thing too is this is kind of embarrassing, but I've only ever seen the dub of this movie. I've never seen the version <laughs> because I have it on DVD and it only comes with the dub. And oh, I see. Yeah, so I've never seen a version of this movie. It's like how it was intended to be, which is subtitles. So I'm like so because I love this movie as a kid. I'm just so accustomed to hearing like the voice actors, nice, you know, doing their thing over this one. And quite frankly, as far as dubs go, it's not even that bad. Yeah, um, it, it's a beautiful movie. But when I first watched it, I've only seen it I think once. Um, I couldn't really get into the wire. Well, like could get into some wire foo fight scenes like the like the um chase across the buildings and stuff like that but when it got to like the bamboo what i was like this, i feel like this is just asking me to suspend my disbelief too far for some reason cuz it's like for some reason i felt that i know it's like a traditional form of um martial art movies and stuff like that but um personal preference that kind of took me out of the movie a little bit but it is still a really good movie yeah yeah i because i i totally get what you're saying i think i watched it too as a kid where that wouldn't really have bothered me as much but what i realized actually growing up is that the fight scenes and the kind of like everything that seems impossible in this movie i don't even actually think this is what's happening like it's all a metaphor for, like, the emotions of the character. So, like, that bamboo tree fight scene, I don't think that's actually what happened. I think it's almost like a metaphor for, like, how the characters are dealing with their turmoil at that moment. And, like, depending on who's winning the conversation, like, their tree will, like, bounce up or down. So it's, like, I I, I took it more as, like, a... It's an exaggerated version because it's all metaphorical and kind of symbolic of the character's emotions 
and intent. But also, that could just be me trying to justify it because I like it because I'm biased. So, you know, who knows, really? Could also be that. But I do, I do really like this film. And I do, um, I love the fight scene where it's, um, the two, um, the two females of the, um, the two female stars of the movie, like the, um, the older one who's kind of like this, um, master of Kung Fu and stuff, and the, um, younger one who stole the, the green, <clears throat> the singing sword? The or green sword? Funny? The jade, the jade sword or whatever, the green sword of death. The jade sword? Um, I have I have actors and actresses names up on here. Oh, do it, it do it. What's it, the two actresses? So, I believe. Forgive my butchering of these names. Um, I know Cho Yun um, Fat plays Master uh, yeah. Li Mubai. I think is the character's name. Um, and then I think it's Zhang Zi or Zai is. Jen Yu, and she's the the younger. Oh, the one that steals the jade sword. Yeah, the jade sword, and then uh, Michelle Yeoh or Yao is yeah, uh, Yushi Lin, which is uh, Li Mu Bai's like. Will they? Won't they? Yeah. Yeah, I won't spoil it. I, I'm trying not to give too many spoilers. Yeah, but she tells Michelle. Um, um, Michelle, what's her name again? What Jen Yu? Um, no, Yo with the last name Yo. What's her first name? You know, it's Michelle. It's Michelle. Oh, it is Michelle. Yeah. Um, Michelle Yo. Um, she's given like her choice of um weaponry in like this big open like combat area. Oh yeah, so cool. And it goes through like all the. Oh, that's a great fight scene. Yeah, Go they're... and watch that fight scene if nothing else. What's funny is like they're going through all these weapons, and then at one point, like she picks up this mace, and instead of just like these people are just like superheroes, all of a sudden, like you know what I mean? Because pretty mm-hmm. much the whole movie, these people are just unstoppable forces of nature. And there's like a part where she goes to pick up this mace, and it's just like too heavy, so she it, like falls back down. So she's just, like, "Oh crap!" So it's like so they're kind of like thinking on the fly with all these different weapons, and it's just like a, a awesome scene. And it's all shot in like wide angles, and you can clearly see what's going on, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's very cool. It's very cool. It, it um um kind of reminds me of another um Chinese martial arts film, um the thirty the thirty sixth chamber of Sha um of of Shaolin. Shaolin, yeah, Is that what's called um where. At the end, he gets to the final chamber and he has to defeat the master. And he keeps, um, he keeps trying to figure out what weapon to use. And he keeps like going back. That's a great scene as well. Um, Is that what Netflix? Yeah, it was. It was on Netflix. I watched it on there. Yeah, because I like a couple months ago, I was like, "Hey, I didn't know this was on there now." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, I, I know. I get what you mean. With the the kind of the similarity, it treads the line so well, and I feel like without this movie, you wouldn't have um, movies that came out now. Like you wouldn't have Jojo Rabbit that came out last year, that um, kind of uses comedy in the way to talk about the um, World War Two and the Third 
rank in the um, Nazis and stuff like that. This movie did it first talking about the Holocaust, talking about um, the complete the complete genocide that happened to the the Jewish population in 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 all parts of Europe. And yeah, Roberto Benigni really it treads on the line also of like too like slapstick, like too too cheesy. <clears throat> but he like reins it in so well and has like this perfect balance. He totally walks on a tight tight rope and he does it with perfection. That's why I gotta say, amazing. I think I think what's so be- again without spoiling. Too much because this movie is like one of those ones where it's like I think you should just watch it, um, but it's really just kind of about the beauty and the kind of the beauty and childhood innocence and how like we have to protect that as as adults and as parents. Yeah, um, it's really just a beautiful film, man. Like tears, as Carson said, chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> And then it ends, and I'm laughing and crying at the same time, and it's it's just a hideous look on my face. Like that's why I don't watch this movie with people, because it ends, and my face is like, <laughs> like it's yeah. it's never a pretty sight. So that's why I don't watch this with other people. But yeah, no, this one's great. I, I think I first watched this in like high school. I'm so glad we got that face on video. But yeah, I watched it in high school too. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. Was it was it the tenth grade? Um, maybe, I don't know, something like that, but, um, I did it for my, um, to get into the college that we're in, the university that we're in for film school, you had to write, like, what film means a lot to you. Oh, yeah. And I wrote about this film. Oh, yeah. Because it is, it it encapsulates what I want to do as a filmmaker, like to make people to talk about serious subjects, but to make them laugh while doing it like that kind of stuff, like have like good message, good themes, but also entertain people in such a, such a wholesome way. And Roberto Benigni definitely does. He he never really did anything. I did like a remake of Pinocchio where he was Pinocchio, and like weird stuff like that. I haven't seen it. I don't but, know. I I saw the cover and I was like, eh. but I, <laughs> I never saw it. It's probably it could be good. I don't know. Maybe this yeah. was good, so there's a chance. Yeah, well, it's good. I re- I really liked um like the first half is him kind of um. Him kind of wooing this woman with his with his wit and charm. Um, well, you talking about the movie? You talking about me? Yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking about Spencer. Yeah. Um, and then the second half is during the war. They, um, him and his son, get taken to, um, and his wife get taken to Auschwitz, and. <clears throat> he tries to protect his son from the horrors of um, the Holocaust by pretending it's a game. And he like does all these crazy things to keep up the act that this is all 
a fun game and that there's really nothing to be scared about. Beautiful film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got, we should move on to the next one because I feel the tears coming (laughs) and they're hot in my eyes and I, I can't do that today. Well, it's warming you up with this cold weather, you know. <laughs> oh, what a great jingle. One of the... Are him stuck on Band-Aid brand. Band-Aid stuck on me. There we go. Right, okay. Is it just me? Or like, Have people been going crazy with the fireworks around your house? No. <laughs> Dude, like, I don't know what's going on in my city, but like, there's fireworks every night for like three hours. And it's like it's it's like not Halloween right now, you know. Like you have a you still have like six days till Halloween. Just like chill out. Yeah, there's still straight up a week until Halloween. Yeah, Calm down, kids. I don't live in like a neighborhood. I live in like farm. That's true. That's true. So, unless like the farm besides me wants to set off some fireworks, then we aren't gonna have any fireworks here. Um, the cows start getting a little frisky. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, what is your number two? It is Parasite. Oh. Oh. Not on my list. What the hell Boy. are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, no, what are you doing? I just like all these films better than Parasite. Do you like Parasite? I, I really like Parasite. It's just there's a lot of foreign films, you know? There's a lot of non-English language films, my dude. Okay. <laughs> what? Nothing, I just... I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Um, why I like this film. Um, I went to see it in theaters with my friend, and neither of us knew what it was about or had any expectations. Someone told me it was a horror movie. Oh. And all I knew is that it was a foreign language film, and apparently it was a horror movie. I had no expectations other than that. And we went in, and there's probably like five other people in the theater, and I got just transported to another world for two hours. And when I came out, I just felt so, like, I felt almost proud of myself for no reason. I just was like, good on you for trying something. Like, I was like, yeah, that's what you get when you give something a little little go. Yeah. I just enjoyed it, like, a lot. A lot, a lot. I, just, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's shot beautifully. I think it balances tones and genres really well. The fact that, like, the first half is essentially a heist movie. And then you realize at, like, the midpoint of the story that this is actually, like, a smart social commentary slash slash satire. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this film... mm, mm, Oh, yeah, that's me eating this film up because it's so tasty. Mm, mm. See, I watched it with the hype behind it, with everything behind it um so i did come in with that kind of thing um i was kind of for some reason i was kind of looking for flaws in it but i've watched it later and kind of enjoyed it a little bit more um even though i loved it the first time like i 
enjoyed it even more. And it did come out last year. Maybe if I I sleep on it for a little bit, like the the hype from it just winning the Oscar dies away. I it could definitely get on this list. I'm telling you right now. That's fair enough, because like it did only come out a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I get that. You know, fair mm-hmm. enough. All right, sir. I've I've I'll, redeemed. I've redeemed myself. I'll let it slide. But I'm gonna go get. I I just ran out of my first drink, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get my water bottle. Keep All going. Right. Keep talking. I can hear you though. Keep talking. Run and get it. All right. Getting um, away from the camera. Ooh. Oh. 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 All right. It's right there. Okay. I meant like, I thought you were going to go into your kitchen or something. But anyway, uh, my number two is another check from earlier. It's The Raid Redemption. This, oh my gosh, this movie is crazy. This movie, oh, it's awesome. So good. It's the best martial arts film that I've seen ever. In my opinion. It's my favorite martial arts film. That's me talking. I was like, oh. Yeah, I can't. I, whoa, that's a big statement. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know if I have a favorite martial arts film. I love them all. They're all my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so glad we have video now. So now that you can experience all these, that beautiful face that just happened right there. The um, odd, the odd things that I do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just like I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, this movie's so freaking good. <clears throat> For the, one, it's simple. There's no like convoluted. We gotta save the world from this nuclear bomb, but secretly the nuclear bomb is actually an apple, and if you eat the apple, then, like, everyone gets... No, there's none of that. It's just, like, look, building, bad guys, good guys. Here we go. That's it. Like, it's it's so... It's so good. Um, yes. Yes, indeed. It is so good. The choreography... Like, the... The way these people fight is just, like... I could watch it forever. Like, you just watch these fights and they go on for, like, 15 minutes. Like, five minutes goes into 10 minutes, goes into 15 minutes, goes into half an hour. And you're just like, I love every second, every punch, everything feels so intense. It feels like every time they punch, it feels like they're punching through the other person. It doesn't feel fake. It feels like this is a real fight that is happening right now. And, my goodness. Like, the... Um, Iko, what's his name? Like, he needs to be... Uh, Iko Ayuis, I think. Iko Ayuis. He needs to be the next, like, somebody. Like He needs they, to be the next somebody. They... He has lightning in a bottle. They've had him in, like, that Mile 22 or whatever, and they had him in this weird Netflix TV show that I tried to watch, but... They need to get him in like a really good film. Like, get him in there with in well, a good. He's been in this and in the raid too, which, by the way, would be like number six on my list. And he was in the night comes for us. Yes, but I feel like 
more people need to embrace this the the martial arts of Indonesia, which is going on right now. Like this came out in two thousand eleven. The second one came out in um, two thousand fourteen, and they just came out with a new one. The night comes for us. It was a Netflix original, so it was great. So they are going up in the world a little bit, but I just want to shout this from the rooftops because this is it's epic in every sense of the well maybe not epic it's not like lawrence of arabia but it's like it just has power with every punch every watch it's endlessly rewatchable no yeah it's it okay oh okay really quickly okay what can't say you can't say which character this happens to because of spoilers but describe your favorite like kill in the film Oh, it's when, well, it's like an, it has like a nameless guy, but it's when they've broken the door or something. That's fine. God damn it. Okay. Do you want to describe it or should I? No, no, you do it. You do it. You do it. They break the door and there's like still like chunks of the door at the bottom. They're like sticking up and looking all sharp, like sharp pieces of wood on the bottom. And, um, um, Rama Eco's character grabs this guy by the face and just jumps backwards and his neck lands directly on these broken pieces of wood from the door. Yeah. Oh my. And this is in like, that's like in the middle of a fight. It's like, and then the fight keeps going for another like five, ten minutes. Yeah, no, yeah, it's insane. Um, Cause I, okay, I can't get my favorite fight scene or fight kill from this one because um, it's the same as yours. But also check out the raid too if you only saw the first one. But in the second one, the the hammer girl, the the scene on the train. Yes, that was like so brutal but so awesome at the same time. Yeah, like I I need to get myself myself a girl like that. You know what I'm saying? A girl you can truly bring home to your mom who takes hammers out and just just decimates people's internal organs. I won't really say take that home to your mom, but anyway. Well, I mean, you know she got your back, you know? I guess so. I guess, like, if you're, like, in a shady city and you're afraid of getting mugged, you can have her by your side. Literally, I'd be like, all right, honey, you ready for a trip to Cancun? She's like, yeah, I'm ready. I was like, great, okay, and uh, where are the hammers? <laughs> well, I thought we could leave those at home today. I didn't think, where are the hammers? <laughs> you think I married you for your body? Where are the hammers? <laughs> well, how are we going to bring the hammers on the plane? Who cares? Kill them if, you, if they disagree. You have the hammers. Bring the hammers. She would have the hammers everywhere we go, okay? We'd be holding hands in our wedding pictures. She'd be holding the hammers, and I'd be holding the hammers together. Nice. We'd be holding like, that's our wedding pictures. Perfect, perfect. What? Where did this come from? Bring the hammers. Hashtag bring the hammers. I I dropped my phone. <laughs> I was wondering what the sound. <laughs> um. Anyway. If I was, I would actually get in cahoots with that um, raptor claw knife guy. 
Ooh, the, the, what are, I don't remember what they're called. From the raid yeah. too. Oh my that god. Guy, or or the dude with the baseball bat. Or the dude with the baseball bat. Who's a, also isn't he like no, he's deaf and she's blind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That that was pretty pretty cool as well. When he like hits the guy with the baseball and baseball. Oh, oh when he's like yeah. And like across the yeah, that was dope. Um, yeah, a couple of great movies. Um, I'd put both of them in this area if I could. Like they're both great. Um, yeah, but that. What, what other scene? Like the. In the first one. In Raid Redemption, the um, final fight with Mad Dog. Oh, holy! It, that's. It feels so brutal. It does. Like, my goodness. When they... It's like the... With the fluorescent light bulb? Fluorescent light bulbs, dude. Oh. Fluorescent light bulbs. Yeah. Ugh. Like, it's so brutal. It's oh. so gory. It's like almost like a horror movie. But instead, it's like a martial arts film as well. If, it's the way it doesn't, like, happen slowly. Like, they have to stick it in. And he's still going. Like, he's still giving yeah. it up. And they have to... Yank it through, like oh, yeah, that that actor who played Mad Dog as well. That's another. That's another guy that's got lightning in a bottle. My I God. saw it. he was in John Wick Three. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's Mad Dog. Mad Dog and the guy with the with the the, the thingies raptor claws. Like they were yeah. fighting John Wick, and then like John Wick like fell through a fell through some glass, and they were like. Okay, we'll wait till he gets up because we want a fair fight. That yeah. was a cool scene in John Wick Three. Yeah, we're just connecting all the films to the Raid Redemption. Okay, okay, we we have to move on to the next one. We could do this all day. Number one, Spencer clapping. What my ass is clapping? <laughs> I said Spence clapping. Same thing. Um. <laughs> All right. So apparently, John, T- you know that song? Alouette, John T. Alouette, Alouette. Apparently, that's about cooking birds. So Yeah. Apparently, it's about plucking birds' eyes out and their bills out and their eyes out and their bills out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I think there's a different song the audience wants to hear. Yeah. Come on. Number one. Number one. Yeah. These shows like this. Ooh. These, These shows, shows like that. Ooh. 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 Okay. Ooh. Oh, do it. Okay, yeah, that's enough. Uh let's <laughs> Um Before we get into number one. Say, should we should we say at the same time? Before we get into number ones. Oh yeah. By the the Raid Redemption is directed by this guy Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans, yes. Who is like a Welshman. No, not a Welshman. He's from... He's from like... Manchester or something. Or like... Maybe he's Welsh. I think he is Welsh, yeah. And he's just I, I making... I the scenes footage. Or, and I was like, oh, that's who directs this? Yeah, he's just a white guy making Indonesian films. Like, okay, you do you. Good for him, yeah. Um... But anyway, 
Should we say our number ones at the same time? Same time. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Seven. Bicycle thieves. What? Oh, okay. Oh, you said seven samurai. Bicycle thieves? Oh, damn. Okay. Bicycle thieves is the bomb diggity. Dot. I was about to say the N word for some reason. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that's how it went, but all right. There you go. Just cooking. Okay. Oh, I guess I'm, I'm, I go first. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Bicycle Thieves. Let me get the director's name out here. Uh, let me see. Is it? Oh, Roberto Benigni. No. I'm just kidding. What the? What the heck? Can um, you please say bye. I don't My think thing. it's Fellini. Fellini was eight and a half. No, 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 no. I. Uh, it's not. But I accidentally copied and pasted uh, the the wrong director's name. So I'm just... Okay, here we go. Uh, Vittorio de Sica. Or... Sica? Sica? Oh, is it Sica? I don't think it's... Italian? Maybe it is the Sica. Okay, that's enough of that. Should I go ask my stepdad? He's Italian. I mean, you want it? No, no, I don't want to. Let's okay. bicycle thieves. <laughs> bicycle thieves. So freaking love this movie. Um, I actually had to watch it for film school. That's the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. and I just really liked it. It's it's a simple story. It takes place in Italy, and essentially hard times have fallen, you know. And this this dad is trying to take care of his family, and he's looking for work, and he finds a job, but he needs a bicycle, so he like spends all their money on this bicycle to the point where they have to like sell their sheets off their bed to get the bicycle. And then like, he's like, you know, going around hanging up posters, doing his job with his bicycle and it gets stolen. And the whole movie is just about him and his son trying to find their bicycle. Right. And it sounds like the simplest movie in the world, but it's, it's funny how like when things like that happen, like I've had, um, you know, maybe you lose something or something gets stolen, and it feels like just such a desperate thing, you know, when you're trying to claw for that thing back, and like the stakes that this this bike has for this for this guy, like you totally you you need him to get this bike, and it's just this big thing they have to go along to try and find this bike, and the worst part is, you know, anytime they're like walking, just sad and defeated, and you just see like everyone else on their bikes. And they're not even thinking about this as being a possibility for for these our two characters here. Um, it's just it's so good, man. I love this movie. It, just the way you feel is just oh, like you just feel awful for these two people who this bike meant everything. That you said, as you said, they sh- sold their sheets. To buy this, to get a bicycle. Like I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that. This is at the height of the. I think this is at the height of the Great Depression. Yeah. So it's like the. It's just this crowd. It starts off and it's just this crowd of people, like all on, um, the unemployment line. And each day these people are calling out, "Oh, this person gets a job. This person gets a job." And this one guy, finally, his name is called, and he needs a bike, and he 
It gets by Solomon's sheets, and by the end, when it's just cutting to all those bikes, mm. coming back to him, like you heartbreaking. I've never felt it almost brings you to tears with frustration. Like I have never, that is not a feeling that you can easily portray in, in film and easily get your audience to be so, so empathetic with, but it does. Oh man, it does. It just, Oh man. Um, also I need to give a shout out to, uh, the Master of None, which is one of my favorite uh, shows of all time. Uh, and they do, they pay homage to the Bicycle Thief. Homage! Uh, homage? They, homage. Homage, homage, whatever you want to say. They, pl- they pay tribute to the Bicycle Thief. They have this episode um, that's actually set in Italy. And instead of bicycles, they make it for the modern day. And uh, you know, his, his dev's phone gets stolen, right? Oh, and the stakes yeah. for like the phone being stolen is he just like met this really this really pretty girl that he got along with, and she gave him her number, right? And he's like, "Oh my gosh, it's like I can't wait to meet up with you all." Like, and she wants to like hang out with him. He's like, "Cool, I'll like definitely text you." And his phone gets stolen. Oh, and it's him and his like friends, um, like little brother, just like going around Italy trying to find find his phone. And it, it pretty much follows the same beats as the movie, but yeah, um, that was so well done to me. That's so good. If you haven't checked out The Master None, go watch that on Netflix. But also, if you haven't seen The Bicycle Thief, go watch that because, damn, it's just so good. So good. Yeah, Bicycle Thieves is, it's, I don't know. I I want to watch it again. It was definitely, it was up there on my list, as you could tell if you were Look on my list. I tried to spread it across all different countries. And my favorite Italian film is Life is Beautiful. So I didn't put bicycle feeds on there. But I forgive you. It's okay. It was so close. It was so close to squeaking in there. Um are you okay? <laughs> um, um Fine, just keep going. Um, yeah, great film, and that the kid actor. You don't oh, see uh, his name Bruno. Bruno something. You don't see kids like that nowadays. That kind of. Uh, is it? I think the actor maybe. Is the actor? I think the actor's still alive. Oh, these kids from maybe. Stranger Things are so good. Maybe don't watch these old films. Don't call me on. on that. Maybe. What's his name? Let's see. Oh. Enzo Steola? Yeah. When they're sitting down and, like, having the dinner at at the restaurant? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is... That's another powerful, powerful point. They don't, they don't make kids like this anymore. I mean, they don't make movies like that. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they don't make movies like that either. Um, pretty good. Yeah, water is pretty good. I gotta say. But oh yeah, it's a... to 
the Goliath, the big boy. Oh, it's, he's a big boy, all right. It's a long-ass film. Yeah. Seven Samurai. Came out in... More like seven hours of my life. Okay, no. I'm just, I'm just, I actually love this movie, too. Yeah. Came out in 1954. Directed Dude. by... Okay. Probably one of the greatest directors of all time. Un- undoubtedly. Like, top three. Maybe, maybe not three. Maybe three, though. Maybe. Yeah, actually, I think that's pretty reasonable. Akira Kurosawa. It, it's three hours and 20 minutes. Like, it's three hours and 20, 40 something. I don't even know. It feels like a hot 90. Like, it just flies by. This movie is has so much depth. Has so much... Every scene counts. Like, this... This is not a movie that's just like, oh, we got to three hours. We like, we might as well make it like three and a half or something. Like, it doesn't matter about length at this point. No, they're literally, I feel like you cannot cut a single frame out of this film. I completely agree. It is. It's everything is essential storytelling. Yes, 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 it is. It's no filler. There's no bull crap side plot that you're like why is this in this movie did they shoot this after they realized they didn't hit their like time mark or something like this movie is long but it's necessarily long it kind of reminds me of like you know when Scorsese makes like a extra long movie and you're like why dude and then you watch it and you're like oh I get it every scene here needs to be in here yeah but you like, know okay Irishman yeah but Seven Samurai Seven Samurai. Like, I feel like you can't compare this film to any other film. Like, it's- no, 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 no. I'm just saying in terms of like, you know, bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, every it, every scene counts. Um, and if you haven't heard of this movie, you've probably seen it in some form. It's about these um, it's about this town of farmers who are being like awfully treated by this gang of bandits they like come in and they're like loan sharks they just want to um take their money their harvest um all of it and they decide that they need to fight back or they're gonna or they're um everybody's gonna die in their town like they're not gonna be able to survive so they go and they um they try and get samurais to come and protect the town and you get seven of the most different interesting and powerful characters that you like with most epics when they have like a big cast and stuff like this you watch it and you're like i'm getting confused is that guy that guy or is that guy that guy and these guys are even wearing the same they're wearing the, all the samurai robes, all the things called hakamas or something. They're all wearing the same type of stuff, but you feel each individual as an individual. The, I think one of the things I read that like uh, Kurosawa would do as a, as a director is he would like give each character like some sort of movement that they would do repeatedly throughout the, the movie as like a character trait. So like 
one character maybe is like shrugging his shoulder a lot during the movie. So like subconsciously you connect like that movement with that character after you've done it for a certain amount of time. So like you can distinguish everybody because they all kind of have their own, not as well as their own person. Like they have their own personality, you know, characteristics and all that stuff, but they also have their own physical characteristics and mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's like, that's like really smart. It's almost like they're conditioning you to like, differentiate which character is which mm-hmm. yeah um with one of the with one of the actors my f- the f- my favorite character in the whole thing um combi is that his name combi that's his yep. character's name um shimada but played by um takahishi um Shimura. um shimura and you introduce this character and there's this guy who's taken a kid captive and what he does, he's a samurai. What he does is he's like, um, give me a knife and give me farmer's clothing. So he goes and he cuts off his top, which is the symbol of like your, your hierarchy in the, in this as being a samurai it shows you as i'm a samurai i'm um i'm above the regular community so he cuts off his top knot shaves his head puts on these farmer's clothing um and goes and tricks the bandit and kills him and as as you were saying throughout the rest of the movie he's rubbing his head that's his character trace he's rubbing his head the whole time and oh, what an amazing leader. And they like have this thing where um, they lead samurais into this room and then they're going to knock them out. That's a great, that's a great, amazing thing. And each interaction is so unique and so beautiful. I don't even know, man, this movie and the whole thing with, um, sorry, I'm, Tapping my phone, I feel like I'm Spencer here. Um, oh wow, the shade, <laughs> um, the shade, the shade of it all. I'm gonna pretend I didn't just say that. That was unfortunate. Um, um Kikushio, played by um, Toshiro Mifune. He is the is the black sheep of the Seven Samurai, with this humongous sword. Oh, I thought that was going somewhere else. <laughs> that just lugs around and it's like over his shoulder. <laughs> Clearly compensating for something. Clearly compensating for something. And he has one of the best character arts. It's almost like a mini character study within this epic of a film. Is of this very unique very powerful, very interesting character that just surprises you at every turn. Nothing feels dated. Nothing feels forced. It's emotional. It's powerful. It's awesome. If you haven't seen Seven Samurai, you are doing yourself a disservice. I know it's three and a half hours long, I, that stopped me from watching it the first time. And then Roxanne went and watched it. Um, 
my girlfriend, if you are not a fan of, are not of a long time listener. Um, long time, first time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she bought me a um, Criterion Collection DVD of it. And we sat down and watched it. And every day since I've been like, I should have watched that 10 years sooner. Oh, so good. Too good. That's very good. This, I don't know. I can't really make lists that, like, well, obviously we can make lists. But I can't really (laughs) rank, like, my favorite of all time. But this has got to be, like, in top ten. Hell, maybe even top five. Like, who knows? This movie. I understand that. Yeah, no, it's. The thing is, even if you haven't seen this movie, you've seen this movie. If you've seen Magnificent Seven or any iteration of Magnificent Seven, then you've seen the Western version of this movie. I love Magnificent Seven, too. But there is just, like, kind of this, like, lightning in a bottle magic special flakes with this movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's... I think think it feels very authentic. And it feels like someone got to make exactly the movie they set out to make. Yeah. It... Like, listening to how this movie was made. It was made in the mud like it was, like the film you're watching. Like, it was below negative. Well, maybe not below negative, but it was close to negative. It was like right now. And there was mud. And It was? Trying to figure out horses, and there was trying to figure out everything, and it was just... It was hell on set. But it translated to such beauty that it was like it's like nothing nothing else it was in the mud in negative weather i didn't know it was cold like that it was really apparently it was really cold Um, they were like there's people in like loincloths in this thing (laughs) yeah yeah there are um that's that oh that's oh that's mafuni for you um but yeah this this is the second, this is the one of two Akira Kurosawa films I've seen. I need to see more. The only other film I've seen is um, one that is not as like well watched as the other ones. It's um, called Stray Dog. Never seen it. And it's about this, another one you should see. It would have made my list probably. Like it, it could have made my, it would have made my maybe top 10, top 15. But it's about this guy, first day on the job as being a cop, and he loses his gun. And it's about, like, what what are the repercussions of losing your gun on the first day? I like that. It reminds me a little bit of Bicycle Thieves, like I was saying. Bicycle Thieves mixed with uh, Training Day. Mixed with Training Day. Yeah! I'd say that. I'd say that. Great. Damn, I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, it's on Canopy. Oh, okay. And today's sponsor is... No, I'm just kidding. Canopy. If you type in the special promo code 000000, ah, then you will get absolutely nothing for free. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, that is our top top five non-English language films. All right. Wait, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I said it so upset. All right, that has been another episode of Babylon with the boys. 
I'm Spence the Chef, and uh, right now, I I have made a terrible mistake. What what's the terrible mistake? I'm pretty sure I washed a bunch of white clothes with red shorts. So it's just gonna be like totally pink. Yeah. Perfect. I'm very excited to see you on that Zoom call with the with the pink, rocking the pink. Well, if if I actually show up with that, you know what happened. What would happen? Well, you know, you will know what happened. I just told you. Oh, you all know <laughs> what happened. Ah, uh, um, all right. I'm Carl Gervais, and yeah, if you can hear, that's my dog snoring in the background. Because we're recording a late episode, and my dog has gone to bed and he's having having his snooze. Friggin' I wish I was right. I'm so tired. My eyes. See yeah. that? Oh, wait, we're not recording right now, but my eyes. I can see them. Whoa, I look really creepy when I do that. You do look really creepy. You look like. Um. Look like us. You like, mean? Like Lapita. Like your crush. You look like oh. Lapita Nyongo. When yeah. she, like. That's creepy. Uh, when she made her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, man. Nah. Oh. Anyway. She's cute. We know. We know she's cute. Um, Keep it spicy out there, people. Keep it spicy in the cold weather. Keep or, it Unless you're, like, in the tropics or something. Keep it spicy. Yeah, keep it spicy. Keep it, uh, keep it sexy. One might say, sure. Or maybe, maybe we shouldn't say that. I don't know. Oh. Do be what you want to be. If you want to be sexy, do it. Who who cares? There we go. Caution to the wind. <laughs>